Ladies and gentlemen, if I can pass on any life advice, it would be this. Take life like how Jorginho takes a penalty. So take a breath, walk that shit up, hop, skip, and lace it in. In other words, Public Enemy's Chuck D, bring the noise. Podcast Network. I am Charlie Taylor, and this is what's good. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you've all had a good week in the circumstances. Yeah, man, it's been a solid. It's, has it been a solid week? Yeah, it has been a solid week. I recently got a new, uh, new bag. Um, you know what I mean? Just uh, getting, getting ahead of the game. Like if I ever need to get some travel on, you know what I mean? Got, got to be prepared for that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, apart from that, it's pretty cool. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty. Pretty chill. Um, yeah, I've been watching Euros. Been uh, getting, you know, getting getting the athletics mood. You know what I mean? Watched a bit of Diamond League for the past couple, uh, couple of in the past week. Loving that. Loving that. Uh, people just uh, people just peaking right now. Athletes just peaking right now. It's crazy. We will be talking about some Olympic stuff in the second half of the show. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm. It's so close. It's so close. Euros about to end, obviously. Um, and it's, oh, the Olympics are so close, like, the Euros was a prelude for me, you know what I mean, it was a prelude to getting the, getting the mindset of, like, I'm ready to watch all of this, you know what I mean, and I didn't watch all the Euros, I, I didn't watch, I haven't watched every game, right, I've watched most of them, you know what I mean, at least, like, you know, 75% of them, um, but, you know, Olympics, cheat, 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 whole different ball game, whole different ball game, okay, I'm about this life, trust me, okay, it's gonna happen, um, so yeah, man, I can't wait, we've got about less than 20 days, less than 20 days to go, um, have a, I think another Diamond League tomorrow, or in the next couple of days, I know that for a fact, uh, yeah, so that's gonna be fun, in Gateshead of all places, and uh, yeah, man, it's gonna be great. I can't wait for it. Um, I'm I'm in sports mode right now. I'm in sports mode. I'm really in sports mode, but I'm in sports mode. It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be lit. Um, yeah, man, it's gonna be great. But anyway, that's twenty days from now. Um, obviously, like I said, I do have some Olympic stuff to talk about. Um, but that's uh, later in the show. But for now, let's get into the show. We have uh, three sports topics, three sports topics, and one film and TV. Um, and yeah, without further ado, for my we begin. Email to the IG, Discord link as well, without all that in the full show notes, including the articles which I'll be reading this episode. As always, uh, go click the links for yourselves, give them the read, and support the writers that put out this great work and make this show possible. And with that said, let the beat drop. Let's get into the show. In a week where, crazy week, um, where Bill Cosby is out of prison, uh, England will drop COVID restrictions July 19th, Uh, all US and NATO forces leave Afghanistan, and I did actually see uh, another headline, uh, uh, guess who might might, uh, get in there and, uh, I don't know, just do something with that, 
China, of course they are. Uh, three men, part of the Stockwell Six, have their convictions overturned after 50 years. This is so reminiscent of the Oval Four um, conviction overturning that I talked about like last year. And uh, honestly, I wish I had space. So I, I already saw my agenda for this episode, but I was like, damn, that would have been worth talking about. Because, again, same way the Oval Four, until th- that new, until those new, the, the that and this news news piece came through. Never heard of it. Never heard of the over four until then. Never heard of Stockwell Six until recently. Like it's 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 crazy how much history is buried. And lastly, uh, this is very recent as I woke up today. Uh, Haitian President Jovenel Moise uh, has is assassinated. Has been assassinated. I think in his own private home. Um, I, I probably said his name wrong, but still, it's just like you you. It's it's rare a uh, uh, freaking like a whole you know head of state gets assassinated that's just um you know i guarantee the news news pieces are going to come through on that one um as pertains to just what the hell happened but yeah that's a very recent very fresh literally came through as i woke up today to record anyway we get into uh first of three sports topics and we're hopping off to the us of a uh to talk about college athletes now, for those that don't know, um, until recently, uh, and this is uh, this might sound like a really weird concept. Okay, so bear with me, right? Because because this is how because as a British person, this is how I see it is just so matter of fact. It's just like why? <laughs> when did this even happen? Why has it actually been allowed to go on for this long? But here's the here's how it's work. Here's how it works, right? So, um, uh, so. College athletes in the U.S., um, you know, uh, most notably uh, college basketball, men's college basketball, men's college football, um, and in other universities, you know, you have uh, a couple of them that are, you know, very big on lacrosse, some are big on swimming, you know, uh, LSU are good at track and field and American football, stuff like that, you know, so there's, there's, there's there's a spectrum there, right, but most of them, most of the bigger, you know, bigger Big, quote unquote bigger universities. We're not talking about education. We're talking about athletically, obviously. Um, are you know very proficient in either men's basketball or men's American football? Okay. Um, and since fuck knows fuck knows how long this has been going on for. Um, but the the term student athlete um, is a term in which uh, for some reason again for some reason because I know a lot of other countries have student athletes. Okay. Um, you know, uh, some of some of the athletes going to the Olympics uh, for Great Britain went to university and were still doing athlete- athletics. Like, I think uh, Dina Asher Smith was like at King's College. I forget. I forget what the, I forget what it's King something um, in London, and uh, you know, and she was doing athletics. Like she was doing, she was doing that. She was doing world class athletics at the same time, right? And there's pe- there's plenty of other names I could throw out there that were doing education and still being pro professional athletes gang sponsorships all that stuff okay but for u.s college athletes that was not possible why fuck knows but because of that it's give it's, it's created a uh, it's created a wealth gap between the athletes that are actually doing the doing said athletics and uh, the universities and also the ncaa um that you know basically make money off these you know uh, you know, lucrative TV contracts, all this, all of this stuff, uh, kit apparel with the, again, the athletes' names on the jerseys, all that kind of stuff, none of the students are getting that money, and they still aren't getting that money, okay, 
just let's just let's just nip that in the butt because that's a very important point here. Um, they are still not getting the ticket revenue, the TV revenue, any of that. They are not getting any of that. The universities are still taking that, uh, and the NCAA are still taking that, right? But a recent uh, a recent change that has you know shifted the tide just a titchy bit, not completely, but just a titchy bit is the name, image, and likeness deal, um, or name, image, likeness rule, or whatever, I don't know if it's a rule or law, um, but yeah, it's, it's switched up. So now, student athletes in America, US college athletes, collegiate athletes, can now use their name uh, to get sponsorships, brand deals, all of that kind of stuff, and make their own money, okay? This is this is the important part. Um, so this is the news of that. Um, this is via uh, get this article. Uh, let's make a deal. NCAA athletes cashing on name, image, and likeness by Dan Murphy um, of ESPN. So let's just jump right into it because there's a lot of there's a lot of great examples to it. Literally, as soon as the rule came in that midnight, that midnight deals were coming through, and it's fascinating. Um, so there's one, uh, Hannah and Haley uh, Kavinda uh, waited for only a few minutes after the clock struck midnight before taking advantage of new opportunities for college athletes cashing in on their fame. They're twin sisters who play for Fresno, Fr- Fresno State's basketball team, okay? And they say millions of followers on social media flew to New York on Wednesday to sign their first major endorsement deal. They are now spokeswomen for Boost Mobile uh, with, with plans to promote uh, the wireless telecommunications company. Uh, in a variety of ways in the coming year. NCAA rule changes and state laws, there you go, that went into effect July 1st, opened the door for college athletes to sell their rights, uh, sell the rights to their name, images, and likeness for the first time. Quote, it was really exciting uh, that such a known company wanted to work with Hannah and me, Haley Kavina said. This is a big switch for all student athletes. Being able to use your name, image, and likeness is something we all deserve, and I'm really thankful the NCAA is finally passing this. Again, again, this shouldn't be something like I'm sorry. This shouldn't be. This shouldn't have been a thing. Like just thinking about how all this time they have not been able to do this kind of shit is crazy to me. It is do lally to me. It doesn't make sense. And they have to. And you know they they can be grateful for it. But I'm just like, what? You, you should have gotten this from day one. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Um, I'm going to continue on because there's many other examples. Uh, he talks about the Kavindas, uh, you know, very, very detailed. But there you go. Here's a small sample of some of the more noteworthy athletes, brands, and campaigns announcing new ventures on the first day of New Year College Sports. Uh, Florida State QB quarterback uh, Mackenzie Milton and Miami QB Derek King signed on as co-founders of Dreamfield Company, uh, a business built to help athletes pursue speaking events, public appearances, and other opportunities. Milton and King will help promote the, uh, the tech-based platform. They also plan to be among the first college athletes to create non-NFTs uh, to sell to fans in the near future. Florida State uh, offensive lineman Dylan Gibbons uh, announced on July 1st that he was using the new rule changes to raise money via GoFundMe to help a friend, Timothy Donovan, who suffers from an incurable disease uh, that impacts nerves in his hands and feet. Gibbons says he plans to use the money he help, uh, he raises to help Donovan and his family uh, attend a Seminoles game in Tallahassee this season. Uh, Iowa basketball player Jordan Bohannon uh, plans to celebrate his newfound independence with a paid uh, appearance at an Iowa City fireworks shop this weekend. Uh, weekend just passed. Uh, Bohannon, who is the leader of the hashtag not an NCAA property group uh, that pushed for more players' rights during this year's March Madness tur- uh, tournament. Tournament? Tournament? I said tournament. Tournament. Uh, also plans to partner with a local crypt- 
cryotherapy company, monetizes podcast, and starts selling personal merch uh, through an online storefront. See, I don't I, see. I mean, it's it's so fascinating how big this world is because like this is just a just an Iowa Iowa basketball player, and he's selling his podcast and he's selling his merch like through an online storefront. Who's copying that? I don't know, but apparently there's people copying that kind of stuff. Sorry about the mic. Um, but yeah, I accidentally hit uh, hit the boom mic, uh, boom arm. So yeah, um, anyway, continuing on. Uh, Nebraska volleyball player Lexi Sun is selling uh, branded sweatshirts through the volleyball uh, apparel apparel company Ren. Uh, she's one of many athletes launching their own apparel this week. The list includes Kentucky basketball player Dante Allen, uh, Texas football players Demarvian uh, Overshone, and uh, Josh Thompson, and Miami's Derek King. Uh, where's, where's a, where, uh, uh, there's, there's so many of these. There's so many of these. Five members of the Jackson State football team, Aubrey Miller, CJ Holmes, uh, Tony Gray, Antoine Owens, Owens and uh, Warren Newman III signed a deal with Three Kings Grooming Products. Owens was in New York City to officially sign the con- his contract in Midnight Thursday. Uh, Unilever plans to, plans to spend $5 million over the next five years in partnerships, partnerships with college athletes, promoting the deodorant brand degree. Uh, company spokesperson said it plans to spend equal amounts of money on male and female athletes that come from a diverse range of sports backgrounds, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Runza, a restaurant chain based in Lincoln, Nebraska, announced Wednesday that it plans to offer a flat fee to the first 100 Nebraska-based college athletes who promote the company's rewards program on their social media feeds. Um... Let me get uh, let me get one more in. Uh, Auburn QB Bo Nix announced an endorsement uh, endorsement with Milo Sweet Tea shortly uh, after midnight. And this is the this is the fascinating thing. There's so many of them. There's one with the dog. Uh, where's the one with the dog? All right, here we go. Uh, Arkansas Wideout, Arkansas uh, Wideout, Train Knox and his dog Blue have partnered with PetSmart, opening the possibility to thousands of athletes and their uh, animals across the country. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Right. And the fascinating thing about it is just the how, um, uh, just how you know you've never heard of these names. I am very, very sure you have never heard this, have never heard these names, um, unless you're in America and you're very into one of the said sports, right? I have heard of Bo Nix. I have heard of Derek King. Past that, nothing. And that's me. I'm not even into college sports that heavy, but I've heard their names before, right? Um, in just gener- generic podcast stuff that I listen to. Um, so, yeah, you've never heard these names, yet they are getting endorsement deals. That's the, that's the main point that needs to be brought home here. The fact that, you know, you may have never heard these names, but locally they are famous, right? If, if you are a Florida State quarterback, you are famous in Florida State and around that area. If you are Auburn QB Bo Nix, you are uh, you are known throughout the whole state of Alabama. Guarantee that, and uh, and the rest of college football uh, and the rest of college football land, right? You are famous in some way. Okay, uh, the only time I see someone like Dina Asher Smith, who is literally top five in her discipline, world class athlete, the only time I see her on TV is for Muller or Aud. Uh, is it Audi or Audi? I keep forgetting if it's. I say I'll just say Audi. It just comes off more naturally. Um, yeah, just, just you know, just generic Team GB ads, right? Um, Katrina Johnson Thompson, top two heptathletes right now, right? Muller, that's it. <laughs> I mean, and I'm sure she, I'm sure they have other sponsorships, right? Of course they have other sponsorships. I'm just saying, when it comes to like you know sponsorship deals, um, they don't come as thick and fast like this. 
and obviously this is kind of just like the dam uh, opening here but it just it's just fascinating how um how quickly these have been sorted out and obviously and obviously i guess the rule was coming down you know that it was it was known it was coming and uh, you know brands were just like all right let's just let's, let's hit the ground running as soon as midnight hits on july 1st let's get these deals out right and obviously it was a preemptive nature to this but it's just fascinating how um uh, j- as soon as it happens <clears throat> um even like a de- you know like well, what was one of them a defensive lineman like you know not not, not the most you know, nobody's checking on defensive linemen, right? But even he can get a deal, you know what I mean? That's the fascinating thing about this. And it doesn't have to be... And it's not going to be like they're making millions, right? It's just making pee off their name, right? If you are a person and you just happen to be in some sort of university, right? And you have a de- half-decent TikTok account, right? If you have if you have a pop-in TikTok account, then shit, you should be able to make pee off that. Just because you play sports as well does not should not like uh, should not mean that you can't make pee off your TikTok. It, they, they are exclusive. They do not they do not cross over to each other. It doesn't make sense, right? So the fact that this rule has come through just fascinates me, and uh, I don't know, just irritates me in some way because I'm just like, what the fuck took you so long, and why the fuck has this been a thing? It doesn't make sense to me on that front. It really, 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 really doesn't. Um, so. Anyway, I've made my point. Shout out to all the um, college, uh, US college athletes. Go make your pee. Go get your things. Um, it's about damn time. But still, like I said, still, like I said, they are still not getting pee off their own kits that they wear and people and fans of said, of said college sports um, buy. They are not getting the TV rights. The reason why you are watching is for those athletes in particular and not because of the university or the boosters that fund these universities, okay? That is that should be that's the next step and that should be happening uh ASAP in my opinion because if you know if 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 uh if if athletics some I'm, I'll just keep saying athletics for example, right? But you can throw other sports in here um if you really want um as it pertains to um English sports anyway. Um you know, if uh, if if we were watching, you know, uh, if people were really into athletics, right, to the point where we're watching university, like a what's it called, Bucks, I think it's called, <coughs> British University, something. Um, yeah, if we were watching that, right, and watching, you know, young up and coming two hundred meter runners, right, um, and that was getting big numbers in the same way as you know American football. You know, it's a wild concept if you think about the numbers of American football in the, over there, but just think about it right now. If that was happening, y- you would want them to be making P, okay? You'd be finding it very weird if they weren't making P of the fact that everybody is watching 200 meters uh, uh, versus some uh, some Loughborough athlete and some uh, UEL athlete, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it, uh, that's, that's, that's how I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it through that kind of lens. Um, so yeah, that needs to be happening in my opinion, um, but this is a good start for sure. And now we hop on to film and TV where Quentin Tarantino has doubled down on his Bruce Lee hateration. Um, and uh, it's kind of, it's, uh, you know, if you've kept up with this uh, particular part of the story um, of, you know, film in general, or just Quentin Tarantino, if you're that kind of person, 
because um, I know there are people like that. Uh, Once Upon a Time Hollywood, obviously a film that dropped a couple of years ago. Um, not not my favourite. Uh, wasn't really that too into it. I feel like you need to know the story of the uh, of the Manson murders and you know LA at that time to actually you know be kind of invested in it. I was just watching it and just kind of waiting for I don't know something to kick off, and it did at the very end, and I was just like. Eh. Not really sure. It's a bit of a slow burn for me, but anyway, um, I did like the vibe. I did like the vibe. But anyway, um, yeah, uh, Quentin Tarantino has done a novelization of said film, um, and he has gone around, obviously, on a book tour, selling the book. Right? He recently went on Joe Rogan, and I think it was Joe Rogan, and um, and yeah, he basically doubled down on uh, his uh, Bruce Lee hate ration. Uh, he ba- uh, he said, uh, uh, he said, uh, well, if I, if, see if I can find the quote. Yeah, he was a. Uh, I can understand his daughter having a problem, and this is, you know, obviously, uh, if you have seen the film, I should say, if you've seen the film, there is a scene where uh, it's, it's, you know, it's a flashback scene, right? It's not, um, it's, it's, it's not. Uh, I forget the initial issue with it, but yeah, it's a flashback scene, right? And uh, Brad Pitt's character basically beats the shit out of uh, uh, Bruce Lee, um, or, or a character, you know, portraying Bruce Lee, and it's just, uh, I don't know, it just comes across very spiteful it's just like where where does that come from you know what i mean it's just really weird how it's done um of just like oh right so this is clearly tarantino has a issue with bruce lee i guess like because it didn't really it didn't feel objective at all <clears throat> it just felt like the director really hates bruce lee and wanted to have uh, bruce lee get his ass kicked in his film um but yeah he went on joe rogan Sent this book, obviously, um, and basically said, uh, I can understand his daughter having a problem with it. It's her fucking father, I get it. Um, and then he said, like, afterwards, uh, but anyone else, uh, go fuck yourself, basically. Um, and Shannon Lee, who is said daughter of Bruce Lee, um, obviously spoke out about the film uh, around the time it came out. And now that this has come up again, and uh, Tarantino has obviously doubled down on this front, Shannon Lee has decided to come back at him in in you know as she should. Um, she came she comes through on a guest column via the Hollywood Reporter here saying asking does Quentin Tarantino hate Bruce Lee or does it just help sell books? I love the shade of the title and I'm here for this. Let's get into it. Why does Quentin Tarantino speak like he knew Bruce Lee and hated him? It seems weird given he never met Bruce Lee, right? Not to mention that Mr. Tarantino happily dressed the bride in the knockoff of my father's yellow jumpsuit and the Crazy 88s and Kato style mask and outfits with Kill Bill, which I have totally forgotten about. Uh, that was kind of a homage, and Jesus Christ, she's, she's fucking nailing it already. Uh, which many saw as a love letter to Bruce Lee. But love letters usually address the recipient by name, and from what I could observe at the time, Mr. Tarantino tried, interestingly, to avoid saying the name Bruce Lee as much as possible back then. If only he'd take the name Bruce Lee off his lips now. You can imagine by now that I am used to people only seeing one facet of my father and blowing that up into a caricature. That has been happening since uh, shortly after he passed. Uh, but usually somewhere in that caricature is some sort of nugget of love for the man and his work. Not so with Mr. Tarantino. As you already know, the portrayal of Bruce Lee in Once Upon a Time Hollywood by Mr. Tarantino, in my opinion, was inaccurate and unnecessary to say the least. Uh, please, uh, it says in brackets here, please let's not uh, blame actor Mike Moe. He did what he could with what he was given. Uh, and while I am grateful that Mr. Tarantino has so generously acknowledged to Joe Rogan that I, m- I, I may have my feelings about his portrayal of my father, I am also grateful for the opportunity to express this. I'm really fucking tired of white men in Hollywood trying to tell me who Bruce Lee was. 
Here she comes, ladies and gentlemen. Bringing the heat. Here for it. Let's go. I'm tired of hearing from white men in Hollywood that he was arrogant and an asshole when they have no idea and cannot fathom what it might have taken to get work in the 1960s and 70s Hollywood as a Chinese man with, with brackets, God forbid, an accent or try to express an opinion on a set as a a perceived foreigner and person of colour. I'm tired of white men in Hollywood mistaking his confidence, passion and skill for for hubris, and therefore finding it necessary to marginalise him and his contributions. I'm tired of white men in Hollywood finding it too challenging to believe that Bruce Lee might have been really good at what he did, and maybe he even knew how to do it better than them. I'm tired of hearing from white men in Hollywood that he wasn't really a martial artist and he and just did it for the movies. Who the fuck is saying that? Are you on crack? Continuing on. Uh, he taught martial arts, wrote about martial arts. He created his own martial arts. I was going to say, like he literally created his own martial arts. Anyway, uh, innovative martial arts training and refused to compete in martial arts tournaments because he believed combat should be quote-unquote real. He had no parallel as a martial artist. Um... Uh, and I don't think it's a stretch to say he had no parallel as a martial artist on film either. I'm tired of white men in Hollywood barely footnoting the impact he had on action film on the action film genre and fight choreography or the proliferation uh, of and interest in martial arts uh, he sparked globally. Or the number of people and communities who continues to aspire in touch with his performances, philosophies, teachings and practices while casually play, uh, downplaying how his accomplishments have lifted spirits Uh, and become a source of pride for Asian Americans, communities of colour, and people around the world, and how he accomplished all of this by the age of 32. A moral at it, I'm tired of being told that he wasn't American, he was born in San Francisco, Uh, that he wasn't really friends with James Coburn, that he wasn't uh, wasn't good to stuntmen, Uh, that he went around challenging people to fights on film sets, and my mum said uh, in her book that my father believed he could beat up Muhammad Ali, brack is not true. Uh, that all he wanted was to be famous and so much more. And of course, this doesn't apply to all, italics all, uh, white men in Hollywood. I've worked with some really wonderful collaborators and partners, but I've come across enough of them over the years, and not just in Hollywood, who want to mansplain Bruce Lee to me and use Bruce Lee when and how it suits them without acknowledging his humanity, his legacy, or his family in the process that a bit of a pattern has emerged. I am also not saying that no one is allowed to have a negative opinion of Bruce Lee. I'm saying your opinion might be coloured by personal or cultural bias, and that there's a pattern. Just noticed a pattern in all the people misinterpreting the sites in the case he builds against my father, just saying. And I understand he died when I was four, but I am still one of the very few people on this planet, other than my mother, who has met and spoken with most, uh, with most everyone who ever knew him, Uh, the promoters and detractors alike, who has read his extensive writings on all manner of subjects, gone through his personal uh, daytimers and library, who is trained in Jeet Kune Do, uh, who has childhood memories of him, and who knows what it was to be loved by him. I think I'm more of an authority on Bruce Lee at this point than most people, not to mention having looked after his legacy for the last 21 years. Look... I understand what Mr. Tarantino was trying to do. I really do. Cliff Booth, Cliff Booth, uh, the character that Brad Pitt plays, uh, is such a badass and a killer that you can beat the crap out of Bruce Lee. Character development. I get it. I just think he could have done it so much better. But instead, the scene he created was just an un- uninteresting teardown of Bruce Lee when it didn't need to be. It was white Hollywood treating Bruce Lee as, well, white Hollywood treated him. 
uh, as a dispensable pro- stereotype. But that was Mr. Tarantino's creative device that he chose. He So he initially claimed. Though now he seems to be arguing that he, this is actually an accurate portrayal of Bruce Lee. And is what would have happened if indeed Cliff Booth, a fictitious person, and the real Bruce Lee, if he were a mediocre, arrogant martial artist, had squared off. What? <laughs> uh, she literally put what? <laughs> That's great. Uh, the fa- I love the lack of it in here. It's just like, uh, it's, it's great. Uh, the f- it's so original. Uh, the fact that Miss Tarantino espouses that my father could have been easily... Uh, tricked by a fictitious character and would only be only really be uh, a threat in competition uh, setting like Madison Square Garden speaks volumes about everything he does not know about Bruce Lee and JKD Junkundo I think uh, but enough of, but enough tit for tat in closing at a time when Asian Americans are being physically attacked told to go home because they are seen as not American. Uh, and demonized for something that has nothing to do with them. I feel moved to suggest that Miss Tarantino's continued attacks, mischaracterizations, and misrepresentations of a trailblazing and innovative member of our Asian American community right now are not welcome. Miss Tarantino, you do not have to like Bruce Lee. I really don't care if you like him or not. You made your movie, and now, clearly, you're promoting a book. But in the interest of respecting other cultures and experiences you may not understand, I would encourage you to take a pass on commenting further about Bruce Lee and reconsider the impact of your words in a world that doesn't need more conflict and fewer cultural heroes. Under the sky, under the heavens, we are one family, Mr. Tarantino, and I think it's time for both of us to walk on. And that is just perfect. Uh, that is just a perfect uh, response, measured a uh, little bit takedowny, and I'm here for that kind of uh, I'm here for that kind of energy, uh, as always. And uh, yeah, man, I think she just hit the nail on the head. Like um, she finished it off perfectly uh, in terms of um, commenting on. Um, sorry, I'm just white bias uh, on um, a- how Asian Americans are treated now. Like I don't think I I actually wasn't even thinking about that at uh, at the time this particular article came out. Um, but I knew as soon as I saw it, I wanted to read it. I knew it'd be good. Um, but yeah, that last point is very poignant, and uh, it's not. It really isn't the time for that. It really isn't the time for that. I don't think it ever is the time for that kind of thing when you're. Um, it's just it just gets to the point of um, you know when you when you when you make when you do something right uh, when you did it in the first place right I was just like, I see what he's going for here, but it just comes off very I don't know just very bitchy, um, uh, very catty. And now it's now he's not literally novelized the book. Like it's just um, it's I don't know. It just comes off like, uh, and the fact that he's talking about it again just comes off as like, okay, now you're just being a dick about it. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah, I I I, I find I always found the you know the the Bruce Lee story very fascinating, and uh, uh, I can even if he was a dick, right? Even if he was a total dick, I can understand why. Because sometimes, if in that kind of world, 60s, 70s, uh, uh, US Hollywood, shit, you will need to be a dickhead. Would you not? Would you not need to be a dickhead? You know what I mean? You, you can't be allowed to yourself to get stepped on like that in any fashion, right? Business, uh, business-wise, business you know, creatively, uh, you, you, you ain't trying to get stepped on. You need to be, you need to be chesty. So, you know, I can, under, I can, I can see how, um, you know, as as Shannon Lee put it, these white men in Hollywood 
I can see why they would be so catty about him and just go like, ooh, Bruce Lee's a dickhead. He was always a dickhead, right? But they don't understand that it was in response to the culture that you created. You know what I mean? I feel like that's how it is. They created the culture. They created that ecosystem. And you have to be an asshole in that fashion. You know, there are several, several films um, that comment on this kind of world. Um, you know, Entourage is... Um, I, I, don't want to, I don't want to say it's like, you know documentary uh, uh documentary level uh journalism but you know it's it's it, um, they did nine what eight seasons of that shit right and that's just a example off the top of my head of like you know um how hollywood uh, life was right and you know i feel like that's um it was pretty decent right i think uh what was the story about um ari gold's character like uh, i think the creator doug ellen was based on his agent or something like that so you know Maybe what maybe Entourage is a caricature of Hollywood. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, right? But there are plenty of other films of you know of the nature of Entourage and uh, you know just a, a li- maybe a little more simmered down than than Entourage, right? That talk about Hollywood. Uh, Get Shorty is another one, right? As a TV series, um, that that has a interesting way of talking about Hollywood as well. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like this is. I feel like it, that is the norm of like uh, of of white men in Hollywood being dickheads. Um, and if you're, if you're Bruce Lee, uh, if you're this short Asian American dude trying to get acting roles and, you know, trying not to be stereotyped, you're going to have to be chesty. You're going to have to be chesty. Um, and, you know, and like, like you said, he did all, all the things he did, uh, most, most of the things he did was by the age of 32. And, um, that's crazy to think about. So, um, yeah, no, respect to Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee all, 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 all the time, um, you know, Tarantino's a bit of a bitch for this, honestly. It's, it's, the whole thing was a bit of a bitch move. Um, he could have done it better, but he decided not to. Um, and it just came off very bitchy and very catty. So, uh, yeah. But, you know, ain't going to come up ever again, hopefully. Um, we'll leave it there. But, you know, shout out to Channel Lee. Absolute boss. Hop on to our second of three uh, sports segments, and we're talking about and uh, well, see, I said half of the uh, uh, half of the uh, what's the, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for, guys? <laughs> half of the show, half of the show, fuck, <laughs> um, is based on a uh, uh, is uh, based on uh, the Olympics, and this is the first one, first of two, I guess, Olympic special, Olympic mini special. I'm joking, it's not. I'm actually thinking of what to do for the Olympic stuff because I'm gonna be constantly thinking about it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be constantly on it. Like I, I don't know what I should do. I don't know if I should like split this off and just have like a, um, I don't know, like Olympics commentary of what I've seen or whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know if I like, I don't know what I'll do. But um, I felt like I wanted to do something. Like I remember previously for the Rio Olympics, I just wrote up some stuff and did some like and just threw it on Facebook because I felt like it. Like, it was just the shit I watched. Um, but yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do for anything. Anyway, um, this is via Bloomberg. Uh, it's uh, getting athletes. It's called getting athletes to the pandemic Olympics is a logistic nightmare. Is logistics nightmare. Uh, this is by Miss uh, Katrina Nicholas. Um, and this is a fascinating article. I've read some of this, but yeah, it's very fascinating <coughs> as it pertains to how to get athletes there. Because you have to think about it, right? There's 11,000 plus athletes. You have to think about this kind of thing. How are you going to get them all here? Um, but anyway. 
Let's get into it. Ensuring 11,000 11, athletes from more than 200 countries descend on one chosen city over the course of 16 days is a logistical challenge at the best of times. Now consider doing it, uh, doing it at the tail end of a global pandemic that's upended airlines, flight schedules, uh, closed international borders, and made any movement without jabs and multiple COVID tests impossible. <laughs> Founders of Olympic organizing officials eyeing the start of the Tokyo Games in just 18 days is a major headache. Uh, forget about medical t- medal tallies and post-race parties to the limited, uh, limited extent they're permitted at all. Just getting to Japan on time is half the battle. The team from Fiji, a tiny South Pacific, uh, South Pacific island known uh, best known for its uh, pristine beaches and tropical seas, isn't flying coach so much as cargo. The rugby sevens men's and women's, uh, plus a handful uh, of other athletes including some swimmers, sailors, uh, swimming and sailors are flying from Nadi, N- Nadi, Nadi, uh, to Narita uh, on a service that generally transports chilled seafood like tuna and mahi mahi, and express mail. <laughs> Fuck, that's ruthless. Not even literally. She wasn't even kidding. Literal cargo ships, uh, uh, cargo flights. That's wow. That that that's. Imagine just what, how you sit in there. Like uh, oh wow, you're just sitting amongst fish. Like, that's crazy. Um. Uh, uh, quote, travel is definitely a major challenge, said Lorraine Ma, uh, head of the Fiji Association of Sports and National Olympic Committee. Uh, Fiji Airways isn't doing any commercial flights at the current time, so we're going up on a cargo run, um, uh, uh, unquote. Ma said Fiji was trying to coordinate uh, with other South, South Pacific nations to uh, do a milk run around uh, the other islands to collect everyone, but it wasn't commercially viable. Uh, that's all quote. Uh, Papua New Guinea's uh, team plans to fly to Brisbane and then on to Tokyo, while Samoa's squad will likely first uh, go first to Auckland and then fly Air New Zealand, she said. Other teams are finding they have to travel thousands of miles in the wrong direction before making their way to Japan. Under normal circumstances, the Sri Lankan team would have taken a flight to Singapore and, and, and from there on to Tokyo. But with COVID cases still averaging almost 2,000 a day, Sri Lanka, an island to the south of India, is on many countries' bad lists. Singapore doesn't allow anyone with a recent travel history to even transit through the city-state. As a result, the 10-strong uh, team across disciplines, including badminton, judo and archery, is booked on Qatar Airways via Doha, according to National Olympic Committee of Sri Lanka President Suresh Subram... Give me a second. Subram Aniam. Subram Aniam. There you go. Uh, they've got a backup flight on Sri Lankan Airlines in case the situation changes. Quote, I hope and pray nobody falls ill once we go to Japan, Subramiam said. Uh, we've got uh, an extra doctor uh, flying with us this time to look after any COVID issues. We're taking every precaution, unquote. Although most athletes have fully vaccinated uh, and games organizers require negative COVID tests prior to arrival, there have already been some upsets. Two members of Uganda's Olympic squad temp- tested positive in Japan last month, despite having been inoculated earlier. And over the weekend, a rower from F- Serbia tested positive. Even the fastest woman alive can't avoid all the logistical, logistical hurdles along the road to this year's extraordinary Olympics, which will be held with no international spectators and strict social distancing measures. They include rules around how many hours after their race athletes must leave the village. Jamaican sprinter Shelly-Ann Fraser-Price, uh, the odds-on favourite for the women's 100 metres, faces a labyrinth of connecting flights, layovers and paperwork just to get to Tokyo. Quote, 
I have a Jamaican passport, so it's not even so it's even more difficult for me to travel. Two-time Olympic champion said, uh, for the 34-year-old sprinter, uh, the trip is more than 8,000-mile journey. Fraser Price anticipates she will travel from her home to, in Kingston to Miami, then on to London to catch a connecting flight bound for Tokyo. Because the pandemic has elevated fares, the cheapest flight from Kingston to Tokyo on an economy runs on economy runs to nearly five thousand dollars on Expedia.com. Fuck, that's mad. The Brazilian delegation, meanwhile, a large group of almost three hundred athletes competing in events from fencing to skateboarding, shooting, swimming, and gymnastics. Uh, had to scramble to get uh, flights on Deutsche Lufthansa AG uh, after its original carrier Air Canada cancelled flights that would have taken the team via Toronto. Quote, During the pa- due to the pandemic, we've, we had to make some necessary changes that demanded creativity, Brazilian Olympic Committee President Paulo Wanderlei Teixeira said, uh, adding that even getting uh, the sporting equipment to Tokyo has been a true war operation. Fuck. I, I haven't even... Th- this is this is just about getting athletes there. We haven't even thought about the actual equipment needed. You know, pole vaulting, all that shit, shooting equipment, skeet shooting. You know, what I mean, you're not even thinking that. You know, you ain't taking that on uh, on a on a. You, you can't put that in your bag. Uh, you know, what I mean, you ca- you can't take that carry on. <laughs> you ain't taking that pole vault and carry on, right? So you have to think about that shit. I mean, this ain't even talking about the equipment necessary. They're just talking about the getting the athletes there. Fuck. Uh, quote. We also had a few surprises regarding airline tickets. For example, uh, we had a contract with an airline that already had paid 80%. Uh, uh, yeah, already paid 80%, but they changed their route and cancelled to share, it said. Flying Lufthansa via Frankfurt is... Uh, is uh, it's not unquote now. Uh, flying Lufthansa via Frankfurt is more costly, but at least the team is able to pick up some of its athletes who happen to be trained in Europe en route, he said. Uh, another particular logistics problem of holding uh, the games during a pandemic has been that many athletes haven't been able to train in locations they would have normally otherwise. Difficulty travelling internationally has also made uh, getting to necessary qualifying events extremely tricky. Jamaica's track team would typically have trained and competed in Europe for a few weeks before the Games, and only a plan to train in Totori, uh, about 400 miles west of Tokyo, was also scrapped, according to Fraser Price. That means she'll get less time to work out uh, the passing of the baton uh, two other teammates in the relay, and honestly, that's ju- if if I if I was a betting man, I'm not really here for betting. Uh, on uh, well, I'm 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 fine with betting. Well, saying I'm not here, like I'm not against betting. That's what I'm saying. But I'm just not a betting man. Um, but yeah, if I was like I'm 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 th- I'm looking at the Jamaican team right now. I'm just like hmm, I don't know. I I don't know because uh you know even even Shelley got beaten by uh, Elaine Thompson uh yesterday. Um, in 100 meters, so uh, you know that's 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 tit for tat over there. But in terms of just logistics, this might be just strictly who gets there and is as ready as possible. You know what I mean? Because um, this just sounds like a fucking nightmare. And you're trying to like lock in mentally and stuff like that, and you're trying to fucking get there. Like it shouldn't be that stressful to just get there. You know what I mean? But I, I don't know, man. I don't know if you if you can't be if you can't be doing the relay uh relay practice. You know. <laughs> It's easy to bottle. It's easy to bottle. We have seen it several times. Even the best have done it. Anyway, continue on. Argentine sailor uh, Santiago Lang, uh, who won gold at Rio in 2016, is one of the lucky ones. Having escaped South America to Sicily and Italy, uh, where the wind and weather conditions are similar to Japan, he and his crew uh, crewmate Cecilia Carranza Saroli 
are now in Barcelona waiting for their flight in Tokyo late this week. Quote, we normally have at least 90 days to get to know the conditions and we'll have only eight. Those eight days for our particular sport are not enough, said Lang, who wasn't able to sell an Argentina for several months due to COVID restrictions last year. See what I mean? Like, from from 90 days to to eight, like, you, you really putting your money on Argentina to win that win that sailing medal now? Uh, you don't know, don't know, man. Like, preparation's key for shit like this. Anyway, in the pair's rented uh, house in Sicily, they put up uh, pictures of Mount Fuji to stay mentally connected. Quote, in normal circumstances, we compete in at least 10 competitions a year. We only did two last year, he said. And of course, as athletes in far-flung places that aren't international hubs check their luggage and boarding passes one last time, the virus that has laid waste to so many lives, hopes and dreams is never far from their thoughts. Quote, we usually think of the race, says Solomon Borrega, uh, an Ethiopian long-distance runner who competes primarily in the 5,000 metres. Uh, but now the fear of the virus is also running in our minds, unquote. This is, the whole thing just, um, you know, really, like, this shit is real. Like, that, that's, that's fucking real, just to even think about not just getting there, um, not just, you know, mentally locking in, but also the fact that, bro, if they catch COVID uh, at any point, that's their Olympics wrapped. That is, that is wraps. That's all, all these years. And, you know, obviously pandemic's been the past year or so, right? Or just over the past year. Uh, yeah, over a year, obviously. And the, I think, like, 16 months now? How long has it been? Fucking hell. Time is nothing anymore. Um, you know, but before that, it was 2016. And then, obviously, the Rio Olympics came through. So, 2017, 18, and 19. Three years. Three years. All that preparation. And then, obviously, the pandemic hit. Probably the worst time for these people, right? And I'm not I'm, I'm saying that, the, you know, these are the most hard-done-by people in the world, right? You know, they're alive still. But... Just even trying to get there is stressful enough. And the lack of preparation these athletes have. Honestly, I really do think like this will be the most unpredictable Olympics ever. Just of just in 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 terms of how this is all going. I haven't really heard much issue from the Team GB camp. I haven't really heard much issues for them. Uh, you know, Canadian athletes, American athletes. I haven't heard much issues from them guys. Right, maybe European athletes. Um, I don't. I don't think it probably um, is is probably going to destroy them that hard. But obviously, you know, people, most people, people in the southern hemisphere, your Jamaicas, all them islands, Brazil. Uh, uh, you know, what was it? Uh, Fuji, Fuji, Samoa. I forget. I forget the country. Uh, doing the rugby sevens, but you know, or the the Polynesians, right? Islands. That's that's uh, Africa, <laughs> like that's that's a, that's, a, that's abusive. India, Pakistan, uh, uh, Sri Lanka, obviously, right? All of these places, Malaysia, Singapore. I don't know how I don't know how many they have uh, going to the Olympics, but still, they they are so close yet so far, literally. Um, and it, I really do the like. I really do think when it comes to um, all this, all, all these um, particular sports like sailing. Um, you know, uh, rugby sevens, athletics, uh, track and field, as Americans call it. This shit is important. Preparation's important, right? You know, you can weightlift anywhere, right? Weightlifting—that's not gonna be—that's not gonna be anything. Uh, maybe like uh, maybe the martial arts. Maybe I'm not sure. I don't. I don't. I don't know how hard that's been to get into competitions. 
you know, your judos, your taekwondos, which I can't fucking wait to watch, by the way. I love watching. I, I don't watch... It, it, I, actually, I'm not even going to go there because that's going to be my whole thing of why I enjoy the Olympics. But anyway, it's it's a lot. It's a lot, you know? It's a lot to think about. Um, and depending on what sport you're doing and depending on what country you're in, like, pff, honestly, I guarantee you, like, a week before the Olympics start, there's going to be there's going to be stories coming out about how you know oh this person who won the gold medal in 2016 uh, 2016 will not even be able to make the fucking flight you know what i mean because there's no flights and they had to traverse 2000 miles to the next flight whatever man it's going to be some there's going to be some there's going to be some stories of people not making it and there's going to be some crazy fucking stories of how the fuck these people made it just to get to the olympics you know what i mean it's going to be absolutely crazy Logistics should not be the hurd- uh, a hurdle, um, but fucking hell, if it hasn't been any other year, it's definitely going to be for this year. So, good luck to all, man. Good luck to all of them 11,000. <laughs> And now we finish up with our final sports segment and we are talking about uh, black women. Black women in, uh, well, in, this, in these cases, they are Olympic sports. Um, but the, there are, these are three different stories, uh, three completely different stories. But the one connecting tissue to all of them is that they all include black women and all include some form of anti-blackness, in my opinion. Okay. So you've heard of one of them, we'll get into it. Um, you may have not heard the other two, or maybe you have, who knows, depending on how plugged in you are. Um, but these are important stories that need to be talked about, and uh, they need to be held up as not just rules of rules, like some people are saying, you fucktards, but at some sort, some for- there's some anti-black shit in here. Real anti-black shit. And I'm not even being, uh, I don't think I'm being uh, knee-jerk with that when when I say that. So... Uh, this is by Taryn Finley. Um, this is via HuffPost Black Voices. And it's basically it's succinctly called The Olympics Don't Want Black Women to Win. Um, so let's just jump right in. There is no grace uh, for black women at the 2021 Olympics. Uh, on Thursday, US Anti Doping Agency announced that 21 year old Shikari Richardson um, will be placed on a 30 day suspension after she tested positive for THC, the psychoactive compound in marijuana. Uh, this disqualifies her from competing in the 100-meter race in which she conquered her opponents, became the fastest woman in America, and earned her uh, instant stardom. And just as a update, she is not going to see the Olympics at all. Um, she was not included in the 4x100 relay team. Um, I assume that's because uh, her time uh, in the US trials were uh, uh, null and void, or voided, and uh, therefore she doesn't have a time to actually put forward. Um, but yeah, it's just, that's just, the whole thing's just fuckery. But anyway, continuing on. Uh, Richardson apologised Friday on the Today Show um, and revealed that in an interview uh, during the US Olympic trials in Oregon, a state where rec- uh, where recreational weed is legal, a reporter informed her that a biological mother had died. She said to hear the news come from a complete stranger was triggering, that in addition uh, to the pressure to perform, led her to ingest weed. Quote, I still have to go out and put out a performance for my dream. 
uh, go out there and still compete. She said on today, from there, just blinded by emotions, uh, blinded by emotions, just blinded by hurting. I knew I couldn't hide myself in some type of way. I was just trying to hide my pain, unquote. Richardson will undergo treatment program and her trials in the 100 meter race will be disqualified. There you go. Uh, her suspension ends on July 28th, two, two days before the Summer Olympics track and field meet begins. If the traffic, track officials uh, choose, she could still be able to participate in the 400 ball 501. Obviously, we just, just, just said she isn't. Uh, but obviously, this uh, article was a bit, uh, bit a couple of days ago. Here we go. Now we're getting into more deeper stuff. If that weren't enough, Christine Mboma and Beatrice Masalingi of Namibia were withdrawn Friday from the 400 meter race as the World Athletics governing body deemed them ineligible for the women's competition for having a quote-unquote natural high testosterone level, according to Namibia Olympic Committee. In a statement, uh, the committee said that either neither Mboma or Mas- nor Masalingi, both 18, their families or coaches were aware prior to them taking medical tests for athletes with different uh, differences or sexual development. World Athletics implemented the rule in 2019. It affected Casa Semenya of South Africa, Francine Neon Saba of Burundi, Margaret Wambui of Kenya, and Aminatu Saini of uh, Niger that year. And we obviously talked about that uh, as it pertains to Casa Semenya especially um, for a couple episodes, I think, two years ago. Um, that that shit pisses me off, and honestly, the whole <clears throat> this whole side of it still pisses me off. Um, that this 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 doesn't this doesn't make sense to me. Um, this is literally uh, there was a, there was a great Twitter thread about testosterone levels and how they don't correlate to anything. Like this shouldn't be the bar. That shouldn't be the bar for anything. But anyway, we continue. The news of their restrictions comes just two days after Mboma set an under-20 world record and the seventh fastest time ever recorded by a woman in a 400-meter race at, in Poland. At four, uh, 48.54 seconds, it was her personal best and the fastest time recorded in the world this year. Masalingi's record at a race in April at 49.53 seconds is the third fastest time recorded in the event this year. Though they are barred from competing in the 400-meter race, they will be able to compete in the 100-meter and 200-meter races. Folks may chalk the penalties Richardson, Mboma, Masalingi and other black women are facing this year's Olympics uh, up to not abiding by the rules. But this is deeper than that. For starters, sporting rules are almost never created with black women's unique experiences or advantage advancement in mind. The rule that judges these women based on their testosterone levels came after Semenya's 2009 performance when she ran so far she was misgendered and suspected of cheating. The international... The, uh, the IAAF, known, now known as World Athletics, performed an intensive investigation that included sex verification tests, quote-unquote. Uh, though she was able to compete and won the uh, Andromeda Gold Medal that year, Semenya's battle has now become Mboma's and Masalingi's battle, uh, as they are blocked from competing in the 400 meters by this rule. It seems that whenever there is a push for adjustments aimed at catering to the needs of black female athletes, institutions deem them unnecessary or unlawful. Here we go on another third one. On Wednesday, for instance, FINA, the Federation for International Competitions in Motorsports, denied an application for the use of Soul Cap, a swimming cap designed for swimmers with natural black hair. The organisation said that the Soul Cap doesn't fit, quote-unquote, the natural form of the head. Are you fucking kidding? Are, are, you, are you trying? Are you really trying it? Like, that, that's just... Like, the, the dog whistle is just fucking ringing in my ears right now. Uh, those standard caps neither fit natural black uh, hair nor prevent it from getting wet. The ISF said, quote, The athletes competing at the international events never used, neither required to use caps of such size configuration. 
Well, they do now. They do now. Okay, they do now. That that they do now. Okay, they do. They do now. Okay, because there are black women in swimming now. Okay, previously there weren't. Okay, like ten years ago, you you'd be you'd be hard pressed to find an Olympic sw- a black Olympic swimmer. Now there are several. Okay, and that's fine. Change your fucking rules. Okay, to fit to fit the sh- to fit everyone. That's the point. Anyway. Uh, where was I at? Uh, creation. Alice Deering, uh, who will be the first black female swimmer in history to represent Britain at the Tokyo Olympics, has partnered with Soul Cap in the past, yet will not be able to wear the cap at the Games. It's unfair that a young black woman mourning her mother is penalised for using weed, a plant that is uh, the basis of a multi-million dollar industry, and that is legal for recreational use in 18 states, for medicinal use in 36 states. It's utterly unjust that two teens with naturally high testosterone levels can be barred from competing at certain events, and it's dehumanising that black black swimmers can't race in caps that actually fit over their hair because a white-run organisation said their head isn't the quote-unquote natural form. Shortly after Richardson began receiving backlash for her weed use, she tweeted, I am human, a fact that consistently gets erased when it comes to the treatment of black women in sports. Even beyond the Olympics, just ask Serena Williams or Naomi Osaka. Apparently, grace is non-existent when it comes to black women in sports. Yeah, they're expected to, and oftentimes do, handle adversity with grace. <sighs> and, and it just... I don't know what... I don't know what you... I don't know what you can possibly... Um, say to justify this bullshit to me. I, I genuinely doesn't. It doesn't. Ma- doesn't really make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me. Help he- make this make sense to me. Okay. Shakari Richardson did weed. I don't know about you guys, but if I did weed and was asked to run a hundred meters, I wouldn't be in the best shape. It wouldn't be my personal best. You know what I'm saying? It wouldn't be my personal best. Okay? So, to punish someone based on that doesn't make sense. And here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. If she got drunk, spark out drunk, she would have been fine. She would have been fine. It, it, not against the rules. If she, if she, if she did 20 shots... And then got tested. Nothing. She would be fine. She would be on the plane ready to go. Does that make sense to you? I don't care if you're you're as pro-alcohol as can be. Weed is not as damaging as alcohol. That is a scientific fact. Okay? So to say to Sha'Carri Richardson, you are being banned. uh, You are basically not going to the Olympics now because you did weed. But even though, you if, if you did uh, tons of fucking alcohol and downed a whole bottle of Ciroc, you would have been fine. Makes no fucking sense to me. And for the others, as it pertains to, you know, Casemenia, Neil Saba and the others. I mean, I talked about this before. I've broached this topic before, right? But you ain't doing this to Michael Phelps for having long ass arms. You ain't doing this to Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, for being a really freakishly big basketball player who has the longest fucking arms of all time, uh, that's not a fact. That's just um, you know, me just general me exaggerating, right? You are not doing that. Why are you doing it for this? And I still say fuck those fuck those quote unquote athletes that um complained about this uh, when Casemiro was dubby duppying everybody. 
it is what it is. It's athletics. It's world-class athletics. This is the point of sport, okay? Some Some shit is just not unfair. Some people just have genetic advantages that you just don't have, okay? Not everyone has long-ass arms like Michael Phelps to cut through, swim like a fish, okay? That's why he has world records. That's why he has tons of fucking medals, okay? Not everyone can be Casa Semenya and can run uh, 800 meters like a beast. Does she even have the world record? Like, it, this, is a, this is another thing. They don't even have, like, world records. Like, it's not even like that. So you're, so you're, getting, you're getting on people for this kind of shit. And it's not like it's not like they shattered the world record by twenty fucking seconds, you know what I mean? It, it, it that's not how it works. So it, it's not it's not happened like that. So what's the problem here? You know what I'm saying? National record. So she has nac- national records. Um, no world records. So she has no world records. There you go. Happy? <laughs> are you are you happy? She has, Casa Semenya has no world records. Okay, so what's the what's the issue? What what is the issue? It 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 just it just boggles my mind. It it really does boggle my mind. So um and on the soul cap one, that's just that's just the most that's probably out of these out of the three the most egregious of the of the three. Um, maybe the maybe the uh maybe the previous one uh, with uh, Semenya and them, but this is just stupid. Okay, this is my stupid. This is probably the stupidest one. A fucking cap, and if you've seen the salt cap, right? If you've seen um, a homegirl, I just I literally just said her name in the article, but I forgot already. If you um, if you, if you see the British swimmer, uh, the female British swimmer, um, that has the salt cap on, I don't, you know, you, you could have you could have never swam in your life, but you would, but you would be, uh, you would see that cap, and you would see that bundle of hair inside that cap, and you would say, compared to others, where the cap is flat. On people's heads, you know, obviously, uh, I know male swimmers especially, always, you know, get the bald their fucking hair so the cap can be as flat as possible on their skull, right? You would see a homegirl wearing that sole cap, swimming, and you'd be like, you know what? That's not very aerodynamic. Or water, what's the, what's the water version of aerodynamics? Because it's not, because it's water dynamics, isn't it? So it's like it's fluid dynamics? I don't know. It's not very, you know, it's not very streamlined. Let's just say that. It's not very streamlined. Okay? It's not, it's not exactly perfect from a, uh, uh, from a, uh, from a, uh, 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 a sports science perspective. You know what I mean? So what's the fucking issue? I'll tell you what the issue is. A black woman wants to be wants to do something that fits her fits her needs, and white organization said, "You know what? No, go fuck yourself." That's what it is. That's what it is. As it pertains to this soul cap issue, that's what it is. It's FINA and whatever other governing body as pertains as it pertains to international swimming, saying, "Go fuck yourself. You ain't wearing that cap," because people people don't be but people never need to wear that cap. Well, they fucking do now. It's 2021, guys. Let's get this seriously. Like, it's, it doesn't. It, this shit shouldn't be so fucking outright bullshit right now. It shouldn't be this so. It's so outright. It's blaring in your face. It's like that. It's like. It's like that. Uh. Uh. Is it an ad or just a video of that dude just sitting in a chair and like a big ass speakers in front of him and it's just blasting his like uh, glass. And then he catches the glass. It's literally like that. 
is blaring in your face right now. The anti-black women agenda is so palpable right now. And these stories have come across in the past week. Okay? You cannot... and, And the only thread in between these three stories is the fact they all affect black women and nobody else. Make it make sense to me. And with that said, I'll finish it there. Ladies and gentlemen, from the 5th M Podcast Network, this has been what's good. I've been Charlie Tone, this has been what's good. Uh, intro music has been too much by Vanilla. Uh, you can shout out to Chill Up Records for the ability to use. You can find both of their links in the full show notes. Thanks to Nappy High for the ability to use uh, Charismatic for the interlude. You can also find his link in the full show notes. And with that said, hope you all have a good week. I'm sure I'm just trying to do the same. As I record, fingers crossed, it's coming home. But until the next time, take it easy. Ladies and gentlemen.